0: In today's episode, we're going to talk about one powerful strategy to land more clients. Let's get into it. Now, this is a story all about how I? My- hey, guys, Dino Gomez here, and you are listening to the Secrets of Coaching podcast, where we break down the nuances of growing a seven-figure online coaching business, and we are about to get started in three... Two, one. All right, guys. One super duper powerful strategy to land more clients in your coaching business. All right. And actually, even if you're an agency owner as well. Okay. Um, Here we go, guys. It is all about storytelling. All right. And here is why. There's an old cliche saying that people buy from people they know, like, and trust. All right, and and I actually uh, would like to update that. I even um, asked my business attorney if I could uh, trademark this slogan. Um, he said it'd probably be tough to do, but that's unfortunate. But remember where you heard this first. Um, I believe there's four reasons why people buy. All right, I think people buy from people they know, like, trust, and relate to. All right, you might have heard me talk about this in another episode. Um, but the relatability factor is absolutely huge. Absolutely huge, right? Moms are more likely to take recommendations from other moms. Dads are more likely to take a recommendation. Uh, bearded dads, we'll say, are likely to take a more recommendation from a big bearded dude on what's the best grooming electronic hair clipper device to make your beard like look awesome and remain awesome, right? It's just because they relate. They, like, it's things in common, all right? And so... People buy from people that they relate to, right? And they're more likely to buy, like, this is how you can beat the gurus, guys, is because if, if, if you are able to demonstrate to your audience that you have a lot in common with them or that uh, they can somehow relate to you in one way, shape, or form, they're going to choose you over the guru just for that particular reason. All right, and so this is how you beat the gurus. All right, this is how you eliminate your competition. It's all about being yourself, all right. And what you and the way you do that, right, is you, you got to tell stories. People love stories. All right. And so I'm going to tell you guys a story right now. All right. It all starts uh, about. Uh, let's see. This was about 10 years ago. I was 23 years old. And uh, my buddy had a, had a good buddy who is living in uh, Shanghai, China. All right. And so he's like, dude, you need to come out here and visit me. He was out there teaching English for six months. All right, he's like, you got to check out the city; it's freaking awesome. The food's incredible. Everything's super cheap. Like, wait till you try one of these pot stickers; it's it's insane. The noodle dishes are amazing. I was like, I'm sold. All right, I'm coming. All right, so I book my flight and everything like that. And it's like 23 hours or some some god awful flight, and uh, and a long time, right? And I, I fly over there solo. I'm single at the time, and uh, you know, he, he picks me up at the airport or whatever, and. Um, and uh, make it to his apartment and, and hang out. And, um, uh, and, and yeah, uh, we get to Shanghai, China, right? And so he's an English teacher, so he, he teaches for about four hours a day. He's got classes. And, and so uh, the very first day, like uh, the very first day there, right? He's like, it was a Monday or something like that. He's like, okay, you know, I got to take off. I got four hours of classes. He's like, but uh, here's a map of Shanghai, China, um which is a pretty complicated city i will tell you uh to navigate um he's like but you know you can hop on this this train system here and then it'll take you to this train system here if you do that it'll take you over the bundy which is like the cool river and you'll be able to see all like the the, the stuff and like that's a a touristy spot and like a place to definitely grab photos and all the things right and and so i wasn't going to just sit around in his apartment and and wait for him to come back and be my tour guide i was like no i want to get out here and see the city right i want to I want to check things out. I want to, I want some noodle dishes and and whatnot. And um and so I I, I attempted to follow his instructions and I, I took took one train and I took the second train and and I made it there. I I made it to the the main central area and uh you know a lot of tourist shops and things of that nature and uh, took in all the sights and saw the the cool river and uh, took a lot of photos and sat down for a great lunch and had a beer and some noodles and it was just awesome right so freedom like this is on a monday in the middle of the week right you know most people are working and i'm halfway across the world enjoying noodle dishes it's like you know the digital nomads dream right and so i'm just like oh this is just so cool and i'm having such a blast and learning so much and you know sticking out like a sore thumb for the most part um and in terms of looks and everything um but just having an incredible time all right and all of a sudden four hours goes by and i was like okay i should probably get back to my buddy's apartment um, so we can catch up, make plans for dinner or something like that. So pull out my map and I'm like, okay, well, I should technically just have to take the two trains, you know, that I took here back. Well, you know, everything is written in what I will call Egyptian. Um, <laughs> but uh, obviously it's all the signage and everything is written in another language that I cannot decode. And uh, and so um, I – real quickly got spun around and forgot where I needed to go to get to the first train station. And, uh, and so I, you know, no big deal. I decided I'll just walk up to this friendly looking couple and, you know, tap them on their shoulder and say, Hey, you know, with my map looking like a super tourist, a backpack on and all the whole thing, like, uh, you know, how do I get to this railway railway system? And they both look at each other and just shrug and say, you know, sorry, no, you know, we don't speak English. And so, um, I was like, okay, no worries. And then I, I go tap another 10 people on the shoulder. Hey, you know, point to where I'm trying to get, can you get me here? And they're, you know, same thing. And so then real quickly I realized, um, you know, I'm kind of in a, uh, in, in a spot. <laughs> okay. This is going to be interesting. I was like, all right, here we go. The adventure has officially started, you know, well done. Um, and so, then, um, what happens is I was I, I sat there for a moment and I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm thinking my heart's starting to be a little bit faster because I was like, okay, I'm in lost in the, halfway across the world in this massive city and with millions of people and have no idea um, you know how to get in touch and how to get back to my buddy's apartment. And I forgot what the deal was with cell phones out there. I, I forget whether I didn't have service on or I hadn't picked up my special SD card or something like that quite yet, so like I couldn't call him. That wasn't an option. All right. And so um, I had to figure this out on my own. So um, I I located a couple tourist shops and I thought, huh, they're tourist shops, right? They probably speak English. Nope. They certainly did not. They, uh, you know, you come in and and I like, you know, grabbed a piece of gum and and then I was checking out and I was like, pulled out my map and I was like, can you get me here? And, and, you know, they'll look at each other and nope, you know, no speaking, you know, we don't speak English. And I was like, okay. All right. Thanks. Um, and so I'm, I'm really sitting there racking my brain like, how in the hell am I going to get back to my buddy's apartment? Like, this is not good. Um, cause again, it took me about 30, 45 minutes to get out there. So like, I, I know I'm like far away, um, on the other side of town essentially. Um, and so, uh, yeah, a little bit of panic for a moment, but I was like, no, nah, everything will be fine. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah. I, I continued to go tap people on their shoulder and, and visit these tourist shops just in case one of them spoke English. And and finally, right, I get to a, a little tourist shop, and, and the, the guy goes, uh, I can get you there, but it'll cost you. And I was like, okay, how much? And he's like, I think either said $15 or $20 U.S., like and, uh, and things are cheap out there. And I was like, really, man, you're really going to pull this on me? And, and, I, you know, that's what I was thinking. But at the time I was like, I don't care. Like, I just need to make it back. So I was like, sure, here's 20 bucks. Take me there. And so he said something, um, to his wife who's, you know, was the other shopkeeper. And so she was going to take over. And then he just, you know, waved his hand to follow him. And so he walked me about, uh, you know, 15 minutes to where the, the train station was. And I got on the first train station And it's been a long day uh, because, again, I'd been traveling for like 24 hours the day before. And so my sleeping schedule's off. Didn't sleep well the night before. But was excited to get out in town. So nonetheless, at this point in the day, 4 or 5 p.m. in the afternoon, I'm pretty exhausted. All right. And and so he gets me to the train station. So I hop on and I sit down and I fall asleep. (laughs) Okay. So I fall asleep on the, the subway or on the train railway railway system because I'm just exhausted, right? And I have my sunglasses on, so it's not like you can tell I'm sleeping. But I have my sunglasses on, maybe you could tell because I'm slouching back in the chair or something like that. But anyways, um, I get woken up by the you know one of the train guys, a conductor or something like that. They have the cool hats. I got woken up by one of those guys, and. Uh, you know, he, he, you know, he's points that I need to get off and I wake up and I look and the train is completely empty. And now I realize that I literally took the train into the trains, like the end of the train station, like where they parked the trains at the end of the day, like it's over, like it's over. So I, I missed the connect, you know, getting off to get onto the next connecting train that was going to run, you know, horizontally and, and like get me towards my buddy's place. All right. And so I was like, okay, crap, here we go again. Right. And, uh, and so anyways, make a long story short after a lot of running around and things of that nature, I, I make it back to my buddy's apartment and it was a huge relief and, uh, and forever lives as an amazing story. I have some photos on my Facebook page of me in Shanghai, China. Um, and I, uh, it, it was a blast, but uh crazy day, crazy story. Um, but I wrote that post on Facebook. I told that story on on Facebook recently and I, and then I ended my post by saying, Hey, has anybody else been lost in a foreign country before? And the comment section went nuts. So many people are like, Oh my gosh, actually several people said I have been lost in Shanghai, China. And I was like, okay, good. I'm glad to know I'm not the only, the only one. I'm not an idiot, right? Like if everybody's getting lost out there. Um, but everybody came up with the, I saw the coolest stories people were posting about being lost, having their wallets stolen and being in, a, in another country where they don't speak any language. So they don't have money. They don't have their ID and they don't know where they are and they don't speak the language. Like it was, it was really cool. All these stories and stuff come out like that. But i I share these stories on Facebook and on this podcast and stuff like that. And because I love to travel, my wife and I, besides COVID normally travel for about two months per year to, Normally Southeast Asia, we really like it out there, but we made it to Europe last year. Um, and But I'm consistently releasing stories, um, sometimes business-related, sometimes just stories of my personal life. And the reason I'm doing that is I'm giving my audience a chance to connect with me, right? Because so many people commented on that post and say, I love traveling, right? Or I also like got lost while traveling and things of that nature. And, and that's what that's what the relatability factor is, right? Like, that's something that the gurus don't have on you. They don't have your stories, all right? And so you want to share stories, guys. This is how people can connect with you. Like, I honestly hired my business coach based on a story that he told about how he likes to go to, uh, likes a certain type of music and likes to go to a certain type of show. All right, and I was looking at a couple different business coaches, and then he wrote uh, I saw a couple of posts from him that were non-business related. Um, he he writes business posts and then business related Facebook posts. And then he wrote a post about more, you know, personal life story and things of that nature and how he likes a certain type of music. And then I like that same music. And I was like, okay, boom, that is my coach. Like, that's my coach. Like we have so much in common. And you know, he had a very similar resume. So to speak to this other guy I was considering as a, as a mentor, but I was like, no, I, I resonate with this guy a lot more. Like, I think it'd be cool to hang out with him and stuff. All right. And that right there, guys, is the relatability factor. All right. And that is how you can make your your competition irrelevant. Start telling stories. Any story. How you landed your first client, how you got started in entrepreneurship, uh, you know, what what happened with your first coaching client, a mistake you made. If you tell stories of a mistake you made, um, right, make sure it's a what I call a story of triumph. So it is okay to share stories of mistakes that you have made as long as they are past tense, and you also overcame them. All right, because a big mistake new coaches make is, uh, and that people make in general, that do any t- type of uh, use, any social media for for business-related purposes, is they might have a bad day. Like, oh my gosh, I got in a car accident today, and today sucks. Like, I've seen those Facebook posts before. And what happens? The comment section blows up, because, you know, people we, we care. All right, we feel bad for you. Oh my gosh, I, you know feels so horrible for you i hope everything turns out okay right so the, the comment section blows up and and people right like we we it's proven right that we get a surge like of, of adrenaline or um uh you know like kind of like an oxycontin like like shot uh when we we, when we have people like that like comments a lot on our posts or if our post does really well engagement wise well i want to make it clear guys there's two different styles of posts and they serve different purposes. There's engagement style posts that are supposed to get engagement, okay? And that's the entire purpose of it. And then there are business posts um, that are, you know, testimonial posts or offer posts or, or other types of posts that are, again, supposed to build your authority and otherwise make sure that your audience knows there's an offer on the table for you to help them. All right, now, but you don't want to do the pity post, all right, because... Nobody wants to hire a mentor who looks like things are, their life is in shambles. Okay. So it's okay to have off days. Nobody's perfect. I'm certainly not perfect. Not sure if you heard one of my previous episodes about how I in college, um, was diagnosed with schizophrenia from doing too many drugs, but like I'm, you know, human as well, but you can tell all those stories as long as you have overcome them. And so I've also shared a previous episode that did really well. It's actually one of the most listened to episodes on this podcast, Which is a massive sales mistake that I made last year. I I talk about the mistake I made, but also how I fixed the mistake. So another thing, another cool tip for you, right, is to is to realize people love hearing uh, just just as much about mistakes to avoid as they do things that are working right now. All right, and so when you make a mistake in your business as a coach, you don't have to freak out. Like if you you know recently one of our clients. Uh, she made a huge mistake pricing her program wrong by giving it away to for free to some people and not to others. And then it backfired on her kind of, and, uh, and, and she was freaking out about it. And I was like, Hey, everything's gonna be fine. Like, here's how we're going to handle this situation. And then I was like, but make sure you journal this. Right. And I'm always telling my clients to write down and journal everything because I was like, guess what? This is going to become an amazing story and piece of content for you to share later, right? Because everything's going to work out. And later on, right, this is something for you to share to your clients. Here's what not to do. Don't give your program away for free to old clients and then charge new clients uh, a high ticket price for it because, you know, XYZ reasons, right? And so I was like, you know, we'll get through this. We'll handle this right now. But just know that this is cool because, you know, we everybody makes mistakes. The, the best thing you can do, right, is record it as a memory so that you can um, teach it later as a story right and you can can, literally this would be a great facebook post or a facebook live or an email or a podcast episode of here's a a mistake i made you know selling my my coaching services and here's what not to do and here's what i did to fix it now everything's fine all right and so those are called stories of triumph right where you talk about a mistake i made and how i overcame it people love that but don't do the pity posts, um, and and write stories, guys. Tell stories about your life. Tell stories about what you're interested in. Tell stories about your family, about your childhood, about your you know your 20s and your 30s and your 40s and your 50s. Like tell like your life lessons, things that you learned, mistakes that you made and overcame, um, and and because th- those are you know that's how people can relate to you. Um, and recently, I wrote a post, uh, you know, and an another strong post to write. Uh, I think we'll save this for another episode. We'll dive more into it, um, but is the what you stand for post. All right, and so I'll save that for another episode, but there's all these different pieces of content that work really well to make you stand out as an online coach, and, and that's what you want to do, guys. And so the relatability factor is huge. Make sure right you give your audience a chance to relate to you. All right, so if you're doing Facebook Lives, uh and you normally do them from your office, like that's awesome. But try and do some Facebook lives when you're out exercising, going for a walk, when you're on vacation, when you're with your family. Like give people a glimpse, an opportunity to relate to you. Show them your pets and your house if if, if you're willing to and things of that nature. Like people really love that's why reality TV does so well, right? People like want to know, like and think it's so cool to see behind the scenes of like what a celebrity's life is really like. Right. And so that's what we want to do is we want to we want people to be able to relate to us, to really understand us, to to feel like they know us. Right. And and that will increase your sales, make it so that, um, you know, that's a huge marketing angle that distinguishes you from your your uh, competition, because um, your competition is going to have different stories and different interests, different likes, all the different things. And some people are going to be like, nope, I like, Dino's stuff more. And I relate to this dude way more. Other people are going to be like, nope. I like the guru stuff more, and I like his stories and his resume more, or whatever it is, right? Uh, but that—that's how you beat the gurus, guys. That's how you land clients, right? You—you'd be surprised. You think you think you have to land clients by always talking about business. You can you have just as a higher chance, if not higher higher chance, of landing clients by writing a really powerful story and being vulnerable, vulnerable, showing you're human. Right, because people like love to go like you know what I went through the same thing, and you know I I appreciate what you said there that really helped me out. I know you're my coach now because you know that's what I'm going through, and I I saw obviously how well you're doing now after having gone through that. That like is is so 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 freaking powerful, guys. I can't say that enough. So um, that's what we have for this episode, guys. That is called the relatability factor. As a reminder, people buy from people they know, like, trust, and relate to. All right, so give them a chance to relate to you by showing your goofy self, your weird self, your unique self, your cool self, whatever it is, your confident self or your insecure self. All right, but show yourself so that people have a chance to relate. All right, so that is it for this episode, guys. As always, keep doing you and have an absolute blast with your online business. We got some fire episodes coming up, so make sure to stay tuned. Hit the subscribe button so you get notified when they come out.